Hey, welcome to Tangible Takeaways, episode 42. I'm Jackson, and today I'm going to talk about how God is big enough to handle your questions. And uh, my name is Pastor Paul, and I'm so excited to be here, and I'm going to talk about how I'm more like Doubting Thomas than I'm the other apostles. All that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Paul, thanks for being on. Hey, that's Jackie Robinson's number, man. That is. I just want you to know. That's and pretty it's impressive. pretty close to like Jackie Robinson Day. We just had Jackie Robinson yeah. Day in baseball, so that's pretty cool. We're like right there. Thanks right. for taking the time, Paul. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, always fun. You were our first episode of Tangible Takeaways. That, so blows, that blows that my back, mind, by the way. Anytime that you're back, you know, it's just a, it's a good time. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's it's fun to be with you, Jackson. It's and thinking stuff. about thinking about this weekend, we had our Easter message, yeah. which was uh, it was just a great weekend in general. Yes, we it was. saw a ton of people between online and in person uh, come and hang out. It was just a really encouraging weekend. Saw over 60 people get baptized, which was awesome. Yeah. So just a great weekend in general, and we're focusing on this theme of resurrection, mm. which for us is a pretty big deal. Uh, but I also think maybe if you're like the average churchgoer, you might start to think like, I don't really know why resurrection is such a big deal because mm. we talk about it on Easter, but we don't always talk about it all the time like we do on Easter. And so uh, Pastor Todd had a great line in his message just about how the, the stone to the tomb wasn't rolled away so that uh, Jesus could get out. He was fine. He was going to be able to get out, but yeah. it was so that we could look in. Yeah. Why is it Why is it important that we come back and we look in the empty tomb? Why is that important for us? I thought that was a great line because he, you know, even Todd said, you know, later on in the narratives, you see Jesus going in and out of doorways and walls without them being open. And I thought, oh, I never, I actually never thought about that. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's true. White. He didn't need the stone rolled away. He could have just appeared to his disciples. And so that, that concept of it, he, it rolled away so that we could look in. It caused me to think a little bit more deeply about that idea. And I, so when you ask the question, like, why would we need to look in? I think it's for, because most of us, especially in, I'll just say 2021, 22, whatever year we're in now, uh, Western American culture, we are so scientific. Mm. We, the concept of just, I'm going to believe in something just because of belief or just because of um, it, it's ideal or somebody's recommending someone, it. Or... You know, it's like, no, no, I want to, I want to see it. Yeah. There's suspicion everywhere. About everywhere. Everything. And you see that in the scriptures, right? We'll yeah. talk about Doubting Thomas as he's nicknamed, and everybody wants to see. And so this idea of looking in, it just is a reminder to me that says, Jesus could have shown himself, that's fine. But hey, I'm going to actually give you a real evidence mm. that you can just look. Anybody can look. Even those that never believed can look, and they have to now deal with, which they did, yeah. all the excuses as to, well, they must have stolen his body, they must have done this. But this idea of looking in just says, I can give you reliable reasonable, uh, factual truth basis for why you're going to ultimately believe yeah. in me. So that I, was even I, that like Lee Strobel quote yeah. that this is a rational faith. The, That's the right. most rational thing I can do is right. place my It's faith. not like, oh, can I go to a tomb and can I see this? Or it's not, it's not just something so random. You know, yeah. there's so many faiths. It's I have this golden book, but no one knows where the golden book's at. There's a language that no one can speak. I mean, Christianity is so rooted historically i mean mm. in the languages it's the it's the places archaeology and then here is this tomb that it's like jesus didn't just sort of appear i could go to the tomb they could go test the evidence and say yeah there are the linens mm. 
that is the tomb. Even the guard is like, no, I was at that location, not just a tomb, that tomb. So yeah. I just think that idea of looking in, it it gives you, it, at least for me, I'll speak to myself, Jackson, a more confidence that what I believe in is rooted in rationality and in truth. And for a Western Christianity, which is what probably most of us are that are yeah. engaging this, yeah. that's helpful because that's the world we live in. Yeah, it's what we need. Yeah. I also think there is just something interesting about the way that God rolls, that he he tends to um, pick things that are really visual for mm. us. Like I think about, I think about yeah. the, the sacrificial system mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. A lot of people will look at that or the crucifixion and they'll say, well, God's just like blood hungry. And it's like that God could create whatever way to absolve sin right. that he needs to. God is not confined to a box. He can yeah. do it however he wants to do it. He does it that way in large part for us so that we can see the penalty of our sin yep. is death so that yeah. we can see the blood smell the smells like be engaged in that kind of whole experience and the crucifixion is the same thing we don't wear the crosses on our necklaces and put it up over good friday just because it's a cool symbol but right. because we remember that a real life person uh asphyxiated on the cross well, you know like we it's this visual yeah. thing and i think the tomb offers something similar and that's a good point i think as as humans we love we love symbols. We love visualization. I mean, when we talk about, oh, I'm a father to a child, we try to explain things so they can grasp mm. with these word pictures. Yeah. And so here's this word picture, like you said, the cross. Uh, here's a word picture of an empty tomb. Not just he appeared, but I can't comprehend that idea of an appearance. You know, maybe I get a ghost picture in my mind, which would be totally incorrect. Yeah. But you think an empty tomb. I'm picturing of a tomb. My grandmother's in a tomb. My grandmother's in a Oh my gosh, that would be... Like you, th- be you, be- crazy. you begin to think about the very tactile, physical, which is how we're just wired as humans. Yeah. That's why we're always using metaphors and analogies to try to make a connection with something. And it even gives you that great picture for us. Like you think about yeah. the day when you die. That's right. You think about that tomb opening. That's right. And you walking out the other side. What's on the other side? All of the hope, all of the life. I mean, it really does become this like uh, a, a catalyst kind of a picture for us that's like, man, that's what our, that's what our hope is in is in the empty tomb because Jesus has conquered death. So I I do think that's where that picture becomes so important and just such a great point that it's for us to look in. And then we get to this, Jesus comes and he reveals himself to the disciples and everybody except for Thomas. And then Thomas hears about it from these guys that he's done a lot of life with, doesn't believe them for a second, which he gets a bad rap. I don't know how many of us would believe them. Sure. You know, I, I think we'd think, well, you just wanted to see that, you know, like you feel kind of hopeless right now. And so you guys have all kind of convinced yourself. So Thomas is just kind of feeling like this can't be true. And I think he gets a bad rap a lot of the time, but I think we can see a lot of doubting Thomas in us, you know, like that's a pretty rough nickname, but then Jesus he doesn't like leave Thomas in that. I like that we pointed out he's in that for a week. It wasn't like the mm-hmm. next day Jesus mm-hmm. shows up, but he's mm-hmm. in that. He's wrestling through this. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus shows up. And Jesus doesn't just show up, but he lets him actually put his fingers in the holes in his hands and his side. And man, what does Jesus' response to Thomas show us about how Jesus engages with our doubt? Yeah. I love doubting Thomas, as we call him, because I identify with him in so many, probably more ways than some of the other guys and gals in Scripture there. But I love that Jesus is gracious, and he's like, yeah, you doubt. That's okay. Here you go. Did that solve your doubt? And and maybe, it, you know, it's interesting it did solve the doubt, of course, but boy, I would imagine some people might still touch that and go, 
still not sure. Yeah. Because, you know, their doubt is so strong. I think there's a concept of it's not wrong to doubt. You know, I think that we live in this often in Christian world, you just got to believe and just mm -hmm. trust God. And if you have any sort of doubt, you know, did the resurrection happen? Is the Bible really God's word? I mean, are these stories, do they actually happen? Are they just fake? You know, all of that stuff. And God's like, it's okay. You can doubt. As long as that doubt leads you to let me take some steps to figure it out. Yeah. Sometimes we just end up living in our doubt and we just kind of spiral. And I, I get that. And sometimes we all do that. And sometimes you just, you're in there for a week or a month or maybe even a year. And then eventually you go, I got to get out of this doubting cycle and pursue something that will give me, will, will limit these doubts or minimize these doubts in my life. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I love that Jesus is gracious. I love that he's not afraid of the doubt. I love that he's embracing the doubt. Sure, that's fine if you doubt. Here you go. Yeah, here I and, am. And I think that is so, again, it's relieving for, again, our culture here in America that is very, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scientifically, I need proof, I need rationality, uh, I need to know why. And Jesus is like, that's fine, you can do that. And you'll eventually see that all of those things are going to line up and you just need to believe now because yeah. there's literally no more excuses. You can't not. Yeah. You know? And I, and I do think it boils down to like what our definition is of faith, right? right. Like I, I think sometimes in this kind of, I love the kind of even a little bit toxic culture in church that you talked about where it's like, you just got to trust, like just stop doubting. You got to trust. I think that comes off so much like God has something to hide. And as like uh, Christians, we're trying to help cover whatever it is he has to hide. And like, well, if you, if you dig too deep there, you're going to find out that he's a sham. So we don't right. want you to, it's like, right. no, if you dig deep enough, you're going to find out that he's realer than you ever thought, you know, right. like that should be the approach that we have to doubt. Um, but in, for whatever reason, we hit them with the, like, don't stop asking questions. You just got to have faith. Faith is really more of, biblically, more of an allegiance. It's mm -hmm. this dedication of my entire life to Jesus yeah. and to his lordship. And so who wouldn't make that decision an informed decision? If you're going to sign over your entire life to anybody, I mean, we do more research on the cars that we buy than we do on <laughs> signing over our lives to Jesus, right? Yeah, like, right, right. I mean, who wouldn't do their fair share of right, research there? Right. And I think... God welcomes it. Like we don't have a small God who's worried about like, oh man, if they start looking, they might find some cracks here or there. There are no cracks. And so God right. welcomes the questions. And I do think, like you said, it's all about being honest about what's driving our questions. I just had a great conversation with a, a young adult not too long ago who confessed to me, um, I have these doubts that I have because I'm trying to disprove this so I don't have to be accountable for it. Mm. And I said, well, at least we're being honest. Yeah. Right? At least we're great. being honest. I mean, that was the story of Lee Strobel. He was trying yeah. to disprove it, and then he comes around, I can't disprove it. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, at least we're starting yeah. at like an yeah. honest point. Yeah. yeah. But then I, I do think, man, if we're there, we can't stay there. We have right. to get to a point that says, I actually, I just want to know what's true. Yeah. Right? I, I don't want to, I'm not coming in with a bias of I want to disprove this so that I don't have to deal with it, but I just want to know what's true. And if you're there, uh, then God is not too small for that. He's not afraid of mm. your questions. Ask away, seek away. Yeah. And what we see is doubt brings faith. Like we don't mm. talk a lot about like, I think it's kind of uncertain in church history what happens, but most of the accounts about Thomas's life moving forward is that he dies for his faith. Yeah. I mean, that is a pretty big flip from going from a guy who I was like, I don't believe this. I, yeah. I, won't, I won't believe it unless I touch him. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'd, I'd die for him. Yeah, yeah. That's a big change. Huge. Yeah. So ask, ask the questions. Ask away. Last but not least, Paul, 
uh, let's just get into the, this resurrection reality for us today. We look in the empty tomb. It's for us so that we'd stop becoming faithless and become a believer. But how do we like tap into the hope of the resurrection on a daily basis? In a lot of ways, that feels kind of far off, you know, one day. But what, what does that hope mean for us this week, you know? Yeah, I think uh, there's probably a lot smarter people than me that would answer that with a very profound statement. Uh, For me, it is just a simple reminder that although I screw up daily and I get caught up in sins, be it, you know, sins in my brain or my eyes or physically I do something, uh, that there's still hope. God Mm. still loves me still died on the cross for me, still rose again. He, he conquered this. I may never feel like I've conquered it on this side of planet Earth on my life, but I can kind of believe, no, Jesus, you have, you conquered death. Now I know I will have eternal life. I may not feel like it right now. I might feel like death right now. Mm. You're still stuck in the mire of, you know, there's an addiction that I, you know, there's a struggle, there's an emotion I can't get a hold of. I mean, whatever that is. And I just remind myself, no, God conquered this. And I may not feel it now, but there is hope to come. Mm. And that's what I look forward to. You know, and so it's it's maybe for me personally a little bit more, you know, looking forward to that day of redemption that I would, that capital D day, not mm-hmm. the, you know, the moment of salvation. In fact, I was just we were t- just in a meeting and talking with Pastor Tim Wheeler, and he made a great comment about Peter being in an agricultural society and hearing a rooster crow all the time. And mm. you know, Peter was the one who denied Christ, the three things the rooster and then all of a sudden realizing he probably heard that rooster all before then and then now that this moment happened every time he hears a rooster he's probably you know Tim, Pastor Tim about. yeah use the word trigger triggered back to my failure my failure my failure mm. and yet Peter wrote these books of the New Testament died died a martyr yeah I mean changed but he probably heard a rooster and it brought him back to his failure and it probably immediately brought him back to to God's redeeming, Christ's redeeming love that says, Peter, feed my people, feed my sheep. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm restoring you to life. So I just think um, that resurrection reality reminds us, yep, you're still screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, yep, there's hope. Yeah. Yeah, there That's is. To me. There's there's that doorway. There's yeah. another another side. Yeah. And, I, and I do think, too, even the joy that we read about in Scripture, that's rooted in the resurrection. Yeah. To know that if everything goes wrong, like literally if everything goes wrong that can go wrong, yeah. I'm still secure. Yes. Not because my circumstances yeah. are great, but because my eternity is set. And man, that's like where that biblical hope f- comes from. It's rooted in the resurrection, not just that Jesus would die for our sins, but that he would offer us a new life on the other side. And so it, even what you're describing is kind of that that theological now but not yet yeah, tension. Yeah, yeah, right, right, exactly. Like, uh, what we're living in now doesn't feel like exactly the consummation of what has been promised to us in Scripture, this kind of dead to sin, alive to Christ entirely, but we're living in that tension right now. That's right. Yeah, and the resurrection provides me that hope. Yeah, that even though I'm in that tension, I'm not. I'm yes, I'm. I feel like I'm the pull back to my old self at times, and at times I fall back to my old self. And yet, I have this hope yeah. that that death has been conquered. There is an empty grave. That that my faith is not unreasonable. I yeah. mean, all of these things. And when I get down to that practically, to me, I, I just feel like what that has to mean for us, Paul, is that we're not afraid to try. 
If you've been battling that addiction, don't be afraid to try to yeah. get back at it again. Battle it again this week. And, if yeah, you've been yeah. you, if you've been trying to get back on track with reading your Bible this year, don't stop trying this week. Because even though you won't be perfect, man, there is there is this hope that we have in the future, and that hope fuels us to continue to give our best, even if it's not perfect. Yeah. And it's easy to kick yourself down and you feel like you're just, I'm, I'm, I'm not a good Christian. Satan steps in, you're not even a Christian, mm-hmm. you know? And yep, you just kind of go, like you said, you keep trying. Yep, you, you screwed up again. That's okay. It's why God loves you. Yeah. And that's why he died on the cross for you. Yeah. yeah. And there is hope. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. I appreciate yeah, it, Paul. Thank you for the time. Yeah. And man, I hope that you've got a tangible takeaway maybe from this yeah. message. As always, you could let us know there in the comments if you've got one that you're taking away this week. Uh, and don't forget to like the video, maybe share it with a friend. And as always, subscribe so that you can get notifications about future videos. We'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways. Ready. Right.